Welcome to episode 51 of Mac and Cheese. I'm Mac Mail. And Graham Hicks here. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, a bunch of quite interesting topics here, Mac. Uh, security measures at West Edmonton Mall. What, what do you do when halfway around the world a couple of wacky terrorists say, and you are on our radar? Yeah. Very interesting question. Yep. The clock towers downtown. Back to the future moment. <laughs> Like, we got the one outside the Weston Hotel, which is actually owned by the city, and it seems to slip down the priority list every year. And now the other one, the big one, the right, you know, the one that looks like a great big steeple yep. beside the... Uh, city Hall. Uh, the City Hall pyramids. The Friendship Tower, I think it's called. Yeah, it apparently they're starting to have problems there. Yeah. And to me, it also brings up that bigger question that we've talked quite a bit about on this show, is when you build something new and sparkling and all pearly, do you actually budget that 30 years later, 35 years later, you have the money in your budget to keep it going to renovate it? Yep. We kind of took a little kick in the kahunas with this uh, latest NHL player survey. Not that we didn't know it already. It's not really a surprise. But, yeah. That, yeah. That Edmonton and Winnipeg are not seen as the most desirable places to play. Right. Hell, I'd just be excited to play in the NHL myself. <laughs> <clears throat> but that uh, really interesting response there from one of the guys in the OtherNation.com website. Yeah. And I'd like to talk about that a bit. Yep. That 311 Explorer thing. 311. 311. Yeah, 311. <laughs> there you go. I keep thinking it's something to do with uh, the World Towers. Yeah. Just think an emergency. But 311. <laughs> Who are you going to call? 311. Yeah. You were you had suggested to go to this site to learn things. I went as a, a babe in the woods, couldn't figure it out at all. You explained it to me. I want you to explain it to our many hundreds of thousands of listeners so that they too can go on 311 and know what it's doing. Sounds good. And finally, Let's talk about a couple of neat events that are coming up and just how our different generations react to them. All right. Sounds good to me. Because son, grandson. <laughs> <laughs> a little different, is it, our opinions? Yeah. I'm thinking about we'll find out. <laughs> West Evan Mall. The poor owners, poor gymnasiums, they're sitting there having their breakfast, and all of a sudden they're watching a, a, a TV cast from these crazy ISIS guys, and they're saying, and you watch out because, well, I better not use an accent. You never know what it'll be. But that they're threatening, they're going to tell people to come and attack West Edmonton Mall and attack the Mall of the Americas. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the Grammasians do own the biggest malls in North America. Right. What do you do? Well, I, I don't know exactly what you do, except what a lot of people did on social media was say, we're not going to give in to this. We're not going to be afraid to go to our mall. We're going to go and show our support. We're going to go shopping. Yes, but... You did have that wacky guy that walked around Parliament trying no, to shoot sure. people. We had the guy that ran over the guy in uh, in Quebec. I mean, if I'm the Gramazians, I'm going to have to think about, have you ever, you've been in the third world here and there, I mean, in countries that are a little violent, that every single bank and every single big department store has got a little screening thing you go through, right? They've yep. got armed guards at each at each of the main entrances, yep. and you don't go through until you've been screened. It's not exactly third world, but I mean, even in India, they had the metal detectors around your vehicles to get into the hotels and, you know, the whole works. Is that what we're, going to, is that what we're coming to? Well, I hope not. I mean, the one thing that I read about this that I thought was intriguing, there was a security expert, take the, for that what you mm -hmm. will, who said, it's not ISIS, actually, it's some other group. And the only reason they dropped names is the only reason that anyone ever drops a name. It's to try to make themselves sound important and to get picked up by the media. Because if they just threaten some action, but they don't give any targets or anything, they're less interesting, let's say, 
than ISIS or the other terror groups, but by naming all of these shopping centers... Oh, it's a marketing device. They get picked up, right? Well, that's what I read, and I thought, you know, that made sense to me. So it makes you question, like, how yeah. serious are they or not? But I, I get your point that we've got to take it seriously. Yeah, if, I, if I put myself in any question, first of all, you've got the risk management guys, yep. and you've got the security guys, Lawyers. and you've got the protection world just... You do have this these billion-dollar assets, billions of dollar assets. Are you going to let them, you know, all it would take was one one wacky to somehow get in there and say, in the name of ISIS, bang, 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 right? But I don't want to live in fear either, right? And if you give in to every single one of those things that comes up, then that's what you're going to end up with, right? Yeah, I do, and I worry about it, but do we have much choice if this keeps going? If the world of terrorism keeps going, if we do get two or three attacks a year in North America, mm -hmm. uh, it forces everyone to raise their security up quite a few notches. Yeah. If I was a young man, I'd go in the security business. <laughs> so Cyber security I'm, I'm sad about that, but I don't see any other alternative. Well, I think the, the RCMP responded pretty quickly and said they're working with West Edmonton Mall to review security protocols. They said they're going to make yeah. some changes, some that you will notice and some that you won't. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else they're going to say. Of course, they're going to say they're acting on it. But yeah. I did like the response from the public, which was, we're, we're not going to be afraid of these people. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people whose job it is to protect us. And hopefully they're doing their due diligence, I guess is what you're saying, right? <laughs> okay, let's hope nothing happens. All right. Clock towers. Okay, so before we get into this discussion, I want to do something here. I found a video clip of you, Mr. Graham Hicks, uh, for the Edmonton Sun from 2009, talking about the Weston Clock Tower. So let's play that clip, and then we'll we'll hear uh, we'll hear your thoughts six years later. This I got to come over and watch because I I don't have a clue. I don't remember doing this, but then I don't remember an awful lot about my life. <laughs> the historic Edmonton Clock Tower in front of the Weston Hotel. It's a beautiful thing. There's only one problem. It's falling apart. And yesterday, the inevitable happened. A woman was walking up the stairs. As she was going up these deteriorating, falling apart brick st stairs, she fell because they were very uneven. She broke up her face. She may have broken her arm. She may have to sue the city. My biggest concern is one day soon, the entire thing is going to fall down. And yet, it's a bureaucratic nightmare. For 10 years, more than 10 years, the city doesn't seem to take responsibility. No one department takes responsibility. Either they don't know how to fund it or they don't want to fund it. And meanwhile, it's turning into one of the worst eyesores and it's supposed to be one of the most beautiful things in the city. The moral of the story is don't build playthings you cannot maintain. This is Graham Hicks for the Edmonton Sun. So what do you think? Some things never change. <laughs> the, one of the biggest undercurrents we've had on this program all along has been, if you build it, they will come. But 40 years later, can you afford to keep maintaining it? Who's going to pay for it? Right? Who's going to think about it? <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's almost word for word the same thing I've been doing here, uh, well, six years later. And they still haven't done. It's been That was in 2009. Yep. I think they did some perfunctory repairs on it. But the whole thing has not been overhauled and replaced. And so it's pretty much the same as it's always been, just sitting there in front of the West End, slowly deteriorating. Yes, I've had a running gag with one of the uh, one of the, the doormen at, at the West End, an Irish chap. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. But, you know, for 25 years now, oh, what's happened with the clock tower? Nothing. 
Why can't they do something? So it's the city that owns that The one? city owns it. The city took responsibility. Mm. Uh, and it is one of these things where there's no one department that's clearly in charge. And every year you have to tighten your belt. So you always take, you know, yeah. what projects can we defer for one more year? Yeah, we don't have a clock tower department, I guess. And I suppose the only thing I can think of where they might get funding for that would have been if it was snuck into the downtown CRL or if it was one of the projects in this uh, capital precinct plan that they've now shelved, right? So they had this plan to redo yeah. from Churchill Square, City Hall, down to toward the West End as mm. the civic precinct. And council said, ah, oh, this is way too much money. We're not going to do it. Right. So I guess it would need to be, it's probably not that expensive is my guess. So it needs to be snuck into one of these funding models, potentially. I don't know. And probably 20 years from now, it'll still be a mess and the damn thing will come crashing down and hit somebody in the noggin. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is other than I do wish now that when you look at this Galleria project, we talked about this before on Mac and Cheese, uh, our dear friends Irvin and Diane Kipnis, why do we need to have a, another $800 million bobble? Why not take that wonderful money you've raised put it into a foundation that's there for arts groups to renovate and maintain their buildings. Let's hope the Galleria doesn't have a clock tower, if it actually goes ahead. <laughs> well, then we'll have a trio of clock towers all falling down in 100 years' time. Well, the one in front of City Hall, they say they can fix this spring, but it just needs to not be winter when they do it. It's like an old car. Once it starts to go, what's next? <laughs> Good question. Edmonton is a lousy place for NHLers to play. Shocker. You know, we sort of got away from that for a while. Well, know, after, who was it? Chris Pronger, I guess, right? Is when the big uproar happened. He left or wanted the trade or whatever, and people were like, oh, my yeah. God, we are not a friendly city to hockey players. And there were so many internal stories to that one that one doesn't right. know what to believe. Right. But it seems to me that sort of for the last five or six years, even though the team's been so abysmal, this sort of, the trouble with this is I feel like we're just healing, like we've been seeing a psychiatrist for a number of years and now we're getting a little bit of our swagger back and we've overcome our depression issues and all of a sudden we get a hit with another one and we got this recession happening maybe and <laughs> oh my goodness, are we going to slink back to being glum, you know, and, and uh, I hope that all this is reasonably short-lived. What I quite found fascinating in this particular issue was this fellow writing in Euler Nation. Uh, sorry, I can't remember his name. Wanye Gretz. Wanye Gretz. They're all pen names, aren't they? He's an alias. He's yes. intentionally on the down Wanye. low. So. Wanye Gretz. Yeah. What do you think the Wanye? We get the Gretz reference. Well, instead of Wayne, Wanye. Wanye? Just Wanye. He just okay. reversed the, okay. the letters, right? Ah, I'm kind of stupid sometimes. I think that's all it is. I mean, maybe yeah. there's something more to it than that, but. But he made a really good point about where was any kind of reaction from within the team. Right. Why even Andrew Ferris has been real good about liking Edmonton, lives in Sherwood Park. You would have thought he would have sprung to the microphone and said, tell those guys to go to, you know, right. we, we're proud of being here. And yes, we're going through tough times, but we are going to emerge triumphant. The silence was deafening. It's one of those things that you, until you read it, you think, yeah. How come nobody from the whole organization responded? Well, I think his point in the article, too, is that what makes it unattractive to hockey players isn't the city itself, it's the hockey team, right? Oh, there could be a little bit of that there, buddy. 
I mean, we know Edmonton is one of the fastest growing cities in Canada. Lots of people choose to live here and make this their home and raise their families here. Why can't it work for hockey players, right? I mean, I don't think it's the city. I think it's the team. It really seems like that's the common factor. And if it was a winning team, all bets would be off. It'd I mean, be I, I'm a way more fun place. Not in the locker room. I don't know what the culture is like. I know we don't know what that. We don't thing. know what that's like. But it would suck to get up and go to work every day and keep losing. I know. Right. Day after day after day, it would just grind you down. It would take a toll, right? Yeah. And and to the point where maybe instead of speaking up against one of those things, you might just be like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, and also I guess there's the other thing is no matter what, you're going to get traded. They all do eventually. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of people say, well, you thought that Edmonton is the greatest place. Are you going to still live there afterwards? Right. You know, you just never know yeah. what you'll be. It's like being a politician. They'll come I up suppose. and tell it something you said a few years back. But still, it would have been nice to have seen one or two guys or one or two ex-Oilers or even, you know, Wayne Gretzky or even... I guess Kevin Lowe wouldn't show his face, but even even McTavish could sit there and say, "Hey, you know, it's oh not well. so bad." Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Tell me about this three one one. Right. So three one one is the phone number, obviously, that you can call if you've got a problem. So yes. if you see a pothole, or there's a tree down, or your neighbor's making noise, or whatever, you want to complain about the urban chickens in the backyard. Right. You call three one one. And, and do they actually answer after the two rings? I haven't called in a little while, but the last time I called, it was pretty quick. They definitely have the response times really low. Well, that's good. Yeah. So you may, they're not always helpful, yes. but they answer your call very quickly. Uh, are they a call center in the Philippines? They're a call center here, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can make a request for anything, <clears throat> if it's information or a service request. And now what the city has done is they've opened up the service requests online so you can download and see who's making requests for potholes to be repaired and where they come from and which parts of the city get the most requests. So it's a tracking mechanism. Yeah, they track this data internally and now they're making that data available to the public through the open data catalog. Yeah. You see, what totally confused me was the, the assumptions. I mean, I hate to say it, but interesting idea, I suppose, I said they had to do something with all the typing these guys put in every time they take a call. They got to write out down all this data. Did they fill out something? Yeah, they're collating some data here. Yep. Terrific. I don't know quite how useful it is, but what struck me is I went to this website. I read about it in your in Master Mac, and uh, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. I couldn't tell what it was about, what it was for. I thought I thought of something about you know you can click on one one layer and there's all the sewer system, or mm. click another layer and there's all, but it's a completely different thing. There's no attempt made here to tell you what it's about. And I find that discouraging. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's because this is part of the open data catalog, which is definitely geared toward developers. So let me give you a real example of how I think it could be useful. Okay. So you've got an app in your pocket, you're walking down the street, you see a pothole. So you whip out the app and you say, city, there's a pothole. This is where I am. Okay. Before this data was released, that request would go off to the city. It would go into the system. Somebody would look at it. They'd hopefully come out and fix your pothole. Now what could happen is the app could say, oh, somebody's already submitted that pothole. The city already knows about it, and they're coming to look at it because they have the data from the service requests. So it can make those kinds of applications much more intelligent and hopefully streamline the operations for the city, which is a good thing because it will save us money in the long run. My dear boy, 
you're forgetting something called human nature. <laughs> Whoever's in charge is ever responsible. Again, the great problem with government is they really don't have to work too hard or too fast. And this would require them to be really be on their toes. Uh, well, the city doesn't have to build that up there, right? Anybody could build it up. I know, so but, third it, party but it's the implementation of fixing that pothole. Sorry, I don't think that all this modern communication gadgetry is going to really speed up the thorough repair of that pothole my, uh, any more than it ever was before. My favorite city spokesman, Bob the Hatman Dunford. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? They fill like 450,000 potholes a year? I mean, they yeah. fill a lot of potholes. So, you think this will actually make them better at filling potholes? I don't think it'll make them better at filling potholes. I think it'll make it more likely that people are inclined to say, I'm going to report this pothole or to check the status of a pothole. So, like, did you see in the papers this week there was a picture somebody had made a sign and put it on the side of the road that said, Giant hole, <laughs> be careful. Uh, it'd be cool to be able to say, Does the city even know about this pothole yet? I mean, hopefully they do, but <laughs> now you can. You, you can, can look go it up. Three and one, one. Okay, whatever you think, I'm just not quite sure how it's cute and all that stuff. Does it actually end up in better, more efficient city systems? Well, I hope so, and it's a step in the right direction, okay. hopefully. We'll check back. If I can do videos from five and six years ago that you can go back and find, we can go back and check in six years and Absolutely. see if 311 area data collection has actually done anything. Sounds good. Okay. Our last item here, Mac, and I just thought this was kind of funny because it reflects, we, we always do the... Uh, the young guy versus the handsome older guy uh, with <laughs> all the experience fox. wisdom ah thank you i like that yeah i was just thinking about on the one hand we got this uh red bull crashed ice coming to town right whee bash crazy big things and hundreds of thousands of people will go down there we hope if the weather's really nice and or just right yeah and it'll be a festive atmosphere and there'll be drunks all over the place having fun and then we have the Magna Carta coming to town. Right, at the end uh, of the year, right? November. Which will be very studious. You'll go into a special design room, I'm sure, and there under very careful layers of tape will be the Magna Carta. And I was laughing to myself because I said, you know what? At this point in my life, I think I'd rather go see the Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> Not into the beer gardens as people whip down the course beside you? Well, you know... No, not anymore. You know, been there, done that. <laughs> Spent 30 years with those things. It was fun, but now it's the same analogy as you got. We all have lovely flat screen TVs now. We all have websites we can go to to watch most movies that have just been released. Why do you want to go out and jostle with all the public? I can sit down, have a nice bottle of wine and some beautiful cheeses and watch two of my favorite movies and not have to go outside. Yeah. I know it's a little defeatist in terms of... of group mingling and things, but right. just doesn't appeal to me the way it used to. <laughs> well, Red Bull crashed ice is, I think, March 14th. The track goes all the way through the Shaw Conference Center. It's actually, like, crazy how much they've built right on top of that building and across the Sorry, the I haven't read closely about it. You say it's actually going through the building? They've, they've well, managed like, to do something that's in the building and out? You know the stairs that go down just beside the Shaw Conference Center? They've built the track on top of those stairs. Okay, but it doesn't actually go in the building. Not inside, yeah. I guess. Yeah, parallel too. Parallel too. Yeah. And across where you walk outside and then down over the pedestrian bridge that goes across yeah. the street. So it's quite an insane looking course. And I'm sure it'll be high energy. And then the Magna Carta is November. 
and I've heard they're going to have it in the legislature yeah. annex, right? Yeah. I think. Oh, no, made the Pedway. Sorry, yeah. the Pedway. Um, to view. So and I will spend leading up to that. I'm going to get quite excited because this really is one of the great pieces of of. Well, it, I don't know if they called it legislation in those days, but it, it right. was the beginning of true law and order. Uh, you know, what what did my people, your people, leave? Right? We left language and law. Right? 800 and years old. Pretty magnificent pretty stuff. Historic. So I'll start reading about it, thinking about it, and, you know, for you projects. And you kids, you go ahead and enjoy your, your Red Bull. That stuff is, makes you so wired, doesn't it? It's sort of like... It gives like, you wings, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> we should collect and, now from Red Bull. And I'm sure it'll be very, very exciting for everyone. Y'all go have a good time. I'll watch it on TV. Well, for what it's worth, I look forward to going to both. I might even go. I might get. I still do like the idea of this huge community gathering and, and uh, the spectacle of it. I just think it's going to be a spectacle. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. It could be fun. It kind of reminds me. I think. Will we get the same spirit as when they did the Grey Cup there about? Yeah. When they took, they did a great job downtown and right around Churchill Square. Everything felt there was just a great Alive. buzz in the air. So. Yeah. All right. We'll Maybe if the orders win some games, we'll get that buzz back. Eh? Might take a while. <laughs> so what have we got for cheese? We have a lovely cheese from the cavern. Again, I hope they give us some free cheese once in a while. But oh well. We have to build up our listenership here. You got to work on that later. <laughs> this is from Spain. It's a sheep. A sheep. It's called Romarin, which means rosemary in Spanish. Hmm. Don Helidoro. It's salty, nutty. On the outside, they rub it with olive oil and they press it. You can look at the rind here. Yeah. They press it with rosemary. Yeah, it's like covered. So imagine the dark rind on a hard cheese, but all rosemary instead. Hmm. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a delayed reaction there. Some lovely salty nutty. It's a lot saltier than I thought it would be actually. Wow. Hint of rosemary. Ooh. Can you imagine that with certain kinds of wines? Mm. Oh, it would be good. So, beautiful, beautiful cheese. Don Heladoro Romarin. Very tasty. That's another episode in the books. Check us out at macandcheese.ca. Go Oilers, go!